RadioNext.tv. We are live from the Collaborate 317 RadioNext.tv studio. And Dr. Mark Echo, Harold H.B. Bell are here warping and woofing it on the radio every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dr. Mark, how are you, my brother? My brother, I am doing really good. It's a wonderful day in Indianapolis. Lovely sunshine. It's going to be warm in the 50s, and it's going to be warm in the studio today. We are going to be talking about oneness with Dr. Clyde Posley. And then we're going to, you and I are going to be doing some riffing on the attitude of gratitude in the second hour. I'm, I'm ready to riff, brother. You know, <laughs> and, and seriously, before we get going, we always want to remind the listening audience about Comenius Institute, the seed that planted this internet radio show. So Dr. Mark, let them know just a little bit about this great organization. Sure. So Comenius Institute crosses three bridges. We help uh, Christian young people going into public university at IUPUI navigate what they're hearing and being taught there. The second bridge is that we commit, uh, commit to communities, and we are connecting communities, and that's specifically happening through this particular radio show. We're inviting all different kinds of folks across the board uh, to join us here uh, so that we might get to know each other better and work together in the community. And the third bridge is that we are connecting Christians to culture, such as I'm going to be doing in St. Louis this weekend. I'm going to be doing a couple of sessions on psychology in film, uh, down at a church uh, in St. Louis. Looking forward to that. But that's what we do at Comenius. We are connected to all of the communities around Indianapolis, and we want them to be connected to each other. Absolutely. And uh, what we do each and every week is we have some great conversation with a few musical interludes. So we're going to take a musical break. And then when we come back, hopefully Dr. Posley will be here. If not, Dr. Mark Eckler and I will uh, start talking about uh, this unification and this unity that we need to have in our community. This is Warping with Radio on the Cool Group site at Radio Next. RadioNext.tv. We are here at the Cool Groove site at Collaborate 317 Studios of RadioNext.tv. Dr. Mark Eckel, and we are joined now by Dr. Clyde Posley. And uh, these gentlemen have a first hour of uh, some great conversation. Dr. Mark, carry it away, brother. Yeah, we are here to discuss uh, the importance of oneness. And Dr. Posley has been here with us before in the past, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to make sure to invite him back again because, uh, as we were just talking off air, you know, it's very unusual. Uh, when you meet somebody for the very first time and you feel this symbiosis, this interconnectivity with somebody uh, that you might not have felt with other people, but you immediately feel it here. And uh, I'm so glad that, that uh, you know, you're joining us here again, brother. Thank you for your time and your effort to get here this morning. And uh, grateful again for your heart uh, for joining here in this concept and this important idea of oneness. Amen, uh, Dr. Mark. I, I'm just, as I've said to you off, off air, I'm, I'm just excited to be here. Uh, it's, it's good uh, for the Holy Spirit, when you can hear the Holy Spirit and see what you've been hearing him say, see that in action. I see that in you. Mm. I, and feel your heart about, about Christ and about the things that a city needs. Mm. And uh, the Bible speaks much about, you know, what's happening uh, uh, in cities and, and the impact of cities. Christ, one of Christ's major ministries took place in Decapolis, 10 cities. Mm. And he dealt with 10 separate issues from the abundance of his heart. I see that in you, Dr. Eccles. Mm. I see... Um, there's no other real reason for you to be so passionate about what you're doing uh, that other than that you care about the place where the Lord has placed you. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, certainly glad to be here in Indianapolis. It's a great city. And uh, one of the greatnesses of the opportunities that we have in this radio show 
and through this particular platform, is to actually acquaint ourselves with each other. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the keys to this particular show. And obviously, I think for anybody who um, is watching anything that I do on social media, uh, in fact, I was just in Columbus, Ohio this last week speaking, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of my friends there said, well, without me prompting anything, they said, it's pretty obvious to the rest of us that you're really interested in diversity. And I said, <laughs> I said, why is that? And they said, because we see black people standing next to you all the time. And I said, yes, that's right. I'm glad that somebody noticed, you know, that's important. We're making a statement without making a statement. Right. And I think that that's a powerful idea that we give visual and verbal connection to the truth. Absolutely. When, when, when Jesus was approached by his disciples, Dr. Echoes, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm-hmm. We know he he set he, he set a model. Mm-hmm. He said within it were principles that he wanted covered, yeah. not specifically that you only pray in this manner. Right. He said that one of the one of the parameters or, or models that he set forth or ideals was Thy kingdom come mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. Of the people who suggested to you, while we know the scripture says flesh and blood should not inherit the kingdom of of heaven, but heaven will look like the picture that the people saw who spoke to you in Colombia. There is no white heaven. There Mm -hmm. is no black heaven. (laughs) There is no Asian or any other ethnicity of heaven Mm -hmm. that there are people whose hearts have been touched by God. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's the way earth needs to look any real. And I I really want to emphasize this any real effort in the African-American community, in the uh, white American community, in not just America, but anywhere, requires diversity. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the idea of pulling ourselves away to be better. Mm-hmm. That's not how God arranged it. That's right. He could have placed us away mm-hmm. and kept us away. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. Yes. And if we really believe that all things work together for good mm-hmm. to them who, are, who love God, to them who are the called, mm. then we have to learn not to pull away from people who are who don't look like us, but learn to function in a godly manner along with people there it is. who don't look like us. That's right. So when we see these kinds of things, we already know this going in. So we know mm-hmm. biblically this is the platform. Mm-hmm. We know that this not is just the foundation, but it's the permeation of who we are and what right. we do. So we see that, but we also see the cultural necessity of it. That's right. So we feel the pressure from the culture who's agonizing over issues and situations and events and people and problems. Mm -hmm. We see those things and understand the church can speak to those issues. And what the church then needs to do is allow the gospel, allow the biblical permeation then to come through to those problems, but not the other way around, not allowing the culture to drive the church, but the church to influence the culture. Exactly. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Uh, I think you may have mentioned this before, and it was so true. You mentioned on another broadcast. Christ came and immediately, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. began to speak to the poor. Mm-hmm. Now, there was an entire uh, political culture underway when he came. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people don't like to hear this, uh, Dr. Eccles, but it's true. Uh, Christ came and spoke truth to power. Mm-hmm. He came to uh, his own, and his own were in a rough, rough spot. Yeah. They were under the thumb of Herod, under the thumb of, uh, of, of the Roman em- Empire. That's right. And they were completely controlled, and politics mm-hmm. was controlling. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, there was the atmosphere uh, present to, for Christ to allow the domination to affect him. Mm-hmm. He chose not to. 
Yeah. I, I am come to bring the kingdom of God on earth. And, and, and since I'm going to die doing it, mm-hmm. I may as well give it all I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I may as well give it all I got. I may as well speak to the Pharisees, the appointed mm-hmm. uh, synagogue leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm, I may as well speak and confront the, the, the resurrection concepts of the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. I may as well address the issue that my people are poor because they are uh, uh, being enslaved by the, the, the terror Mm. of 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 the 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 um uh a pilot mm-hmm. and his regime yeah so so we, we we it has to happen and and, and but more than that uh, well not more than that along with that it has to be performed mm. uh a, a great deal of my you know doctoral work is in performance theory okay and and what and what performance says we you know one's performance speaks to what they really believe if you if you remember this, and, and this all goes into what you're saying, um, uh, Dr. Eccles, Peter and John, who performed the first miracle mm-hmm. of, of ministry, were polar opposites. <laughs> That's right. That's polar right. opposites. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 that, so that speaks to how Christ intends for us to address. And what are they doing? Mm-hmm. They are addressing the same thing that Christ addressed in the first sermon in mm-hmm. uh, on the mount. Christ is speaking to the poor and the poor in spirit and the poor financially and mm-hmm. the poor who are uh, suffering from the mass murders of, of Herod. Yes. What is the first miracle of unity that he requires after the Holy Spirit has, he appoints after the Holy Spirit has come to the church? Mm-hmm. Peter and John, a statesman mm-hmm. and a roughneck. <laughs> Peter, the, yeah. Peter by, the, by any means necessary fellow. Mm, that's right. And John, the intellectual, having been trained by his uncle mm. uh, in, in the lineage of his uncle, Caiaphas, mm. are together. Who, 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 and and we don't have to, I won't get too far into it, but Josephus con- uh, suggests that they had con- inner conflicts within uh, their time together. Mm. And, and God arranges for these two opposites yes. in terms of their culture. Right. To come together mm-hmm. to perpetuate what Christ started. Mm. It has to happen and it's got to happen with people who decide we will not let the difference of differences of our background yes. change the focus of right. our ministry. And there's the it's issue. happening right here. And that's the issue really. When we talk start talking about the, the issues that we see around us. And when I talk about cultural pressures, when the culture is trying to pressure us into mm. belief or uh, subservience to one particular position right. or another. Right. Right. I'm talking about we have a tendency to, to lean on our politics before we go to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to lean on our media outlets right. before we go to the scriptures. Always and we can go rappers. on and on and on exactly. about those things. Right. And so how then do we take what we know to be true from scripture? We know the performance. We know the importance of communication, right. as you've well suggested. How do we then take that and begin to subvert our uh, our culture's interests in the political and the media d- desires of the day? How do we begin to shift that and change that and infect it in such a way that truly transformation takes place in a culture? I think the, the, at, the, at the core, the nucleus of, of, of the issues you're bringing forth right here are staying focused on the needs of people. Okay. When you, when you center your 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 thrust in life hmm. uh, just when humanity mm-hmm. focuses its attention on human need human um human rights yes and 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 inclusion at the core of of their approach mm-hmm. then it gives us a guiding vision to how we then 
the, the, the priority we give to politics. Yeah. So then, so in, in essence, then what that looks like is it stops politics. It stops us from feeding our political views mm-hmm. and start allowing our political views to address what we have now established as our priority. Yes. If, if human need, if hunger, if, I mean, if hunger, mm-hmm. if, if equality, if, if, uh, homelessness, if, 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 uh, um, uh, research, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, 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 if global warming, if, if, if these become the core issues, then, 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 then we, we keep ourselves from allowing our passions outside of human need, mm-hmm. which brings in politics, mm-hmm. uh, from driving us. Mm. We are struggling now. Um, America, Indianapolis, uh, is struggling now from the power of politics dominating the human spirit, mm. the, the, the soul of America. Mm-hmm. America is, is not, by and large, uh, focused as it should be on what we're talking about right now, not allowing, um, uh, staying, keeping the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. Because in my generation, more than ever, politics is dominating everything. Mm-hmm. What party are you? Mm-hmm. Are you a Republican? Are you are you are you pro Trump, uh, anti Trump? Are you you know what? Did, did Hillary do this? Did Bernie do that? Human need should drive politics. Mm-hmm. And what we are and, and 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 if you check history in the Roman Empire, the politics led to destroying the entire. Culture, mm-hmm. because the politics and who was in charge and 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 the Senate dictated everything, and there was a ma- and, and but we're, we're feeding people to lions. Mm-hmm. We're allowing the evil to. And so, what we have to, what the church has to do, in, in essence, in my opinion, is to stand up and first of all reclaim or, or, or declare again, if you will, that the truth of God's word should lead our lives. Mm-hmm. We, we, the gospel today is becoming so mixed as you, so mixed with fanfare and sensationalism and, 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 and I'm, I'm even hearing, uh, messages even coming ripped off, off the pages of scripture. Mm. And, and then there are other ways. And I don't want to get into how people do ministry, but, but, but in, in a quest to become, I don't know, more diverse or whatever, there's even a thrust of, of people deciding to change how the gospel is presented on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, That's and I don't, right. I don't, I, I, again, here, I'm not here to judge people. I'm not here to say somebody's, someone's condemned or going to hell. Because, but preaching the gospel, a man, uh, a person standing there sharing the gospel works. That's right. We, and you know what? We need to take a break on that important, powerful note that the gospel is necessary to change people. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio on RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be right back. We are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You are listening to us talk about the issue of oneness and cultural connectivity. Especially today we're talking about the issue of our ethnic communities coming together and the necessity of seeing ourselves as one in the church, just as Jesus emphasized in John chapter 17 that they, that my people might be one. And I'm joined here today by my brother, Dr. Clyde Posley from Antioch Baptist Church downtown, and we are just thrilled to have the opportunity to talk about these things, Pastor. Uh, we know that uh, off-air we were discussing some real difficult issues, mm-hmm. but let's come back to the general uh, gist of what we're uh, concerned about here, and that is the concern that sometimes our culture 
invades the church in such a way that it begins to twist and turn the church in a different direction. So let's just talk generally about some of the concerns that we have in that regard uh, so that we can begin to, to explain to people this is what's happening not only in the church as a whole but in our lives individually. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's a plethora. There's a plethora. The church, um, and it's nothing new, you know, the, the church has had infiltration problems and heresies. If you, if you look at there in First uh, Corinthians, Paul, when he was discussing with the church of Corinth about the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. one of the problems, he said, your divisions are coming from heresies mm-hmm. and these strange doctrines, these, these, these strange beliefs yeah. that you have. Um, uh, I, I think the church... And it's God's Christ going to get it right, but the church is. Uh, and when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ. Right. Period. Right. Uh, the church is 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 suffering from having a, a, let its gates, its guards down, mm-hmm. um, its walls. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and you know when the Bible talks about when uh, a, a, how dangerous a city without walls can be. Yes. Um, when we don't make the Word of God rule how we practice That's everything. It. Right, uh, ecclesiastical assembly, mm-hmm. and the actual uh, worship in the church. Mm. We have to watch the music that we allow in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to uh, watch the decorum, how That's we right. dress, how, how what, what we what we allow. But then more than that, the church has to set forth uh, and participate in community uh, projects and 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 atmospheres and grassroots organizations that promote the word of God. That's right. Um, you and I both know that a part of uh, extended training for uh, ministers who go to seminary is systematic theology. That's it. And very often, uh, if you look in, in many of our churches, there's a sermon on Sunday that's not walked out on Monday mm-hmm. and it's not lived out by the ministries that are set forth by the church. That's right. That is what we were we were taught is how systematic theology is supposed to be. Mm. The Lord speaks to the pastor. The pastor speaks to the church. The church comes, uh, 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 employs, implements mm. uh, 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 these theories. And so, uh, and so it, 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 it's, it's as narrow as that, but it's also as broad as uh, health care mm. and, and, and how we uh, make sure that we put people in, in legislative positions to affect uh, the downtrodden, mm-hmm. to affect, to affect uh, and not just the downtrodden, but the uh, the elderly uh, in terms of health care. Uh, it, it, it's as important it, gun violence. It, people that it's important that we that that churches learn uh, to make sure that we we put people in office that speak to what Scripture would say mm-hmm. relative to violence. I believe in the right to bear arms. But I believe, again, now that's a political view, mm-hmm. but I believe that my job as a Christian is, is to promote nonviolence, yes. is, to, is to love my enemy and right. to forgive. That's my number one goal. So, mm-hmm. so there's a way to, uh, to lawfully bear arms and, in my opinion, mm-hmm. lawfully bear arms and be a Christian, yes. you know. And so uh, these are things that we have to um, we have to look at that that are they're coming into the church and and when they come and they're, and the church is situated, uh, Doctor uh, Eccles, in a manner to have to deal with the confrontation of these uh, these issues. That's right. In in Matthew uh, to that point to this point in Matthew chapter sixteen, 
Jesus uh, is on the coast of Caesarea Philippi, where there is a city down, as you know. Mm. And he asked his disciples on purpose this pointed question, who do men say that I am? Mm. And they struggle with it. Peter ends up with having spent time with God, comes with the revelation about it. And, and, and Jesus says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the mm. church. That city dunk was known as called the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. He's, Christ is literally saying right there that I am going to put my church right in literally in close proximity mm. or the literally the outside, the mouth of hell mm-hmm. and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against That's it. That's right. I, my point is, Dr. Echoes, that our most effective work is in close proximity of the gates of hell. And there, I think, is the real concern for us as Christians and as Christian leaders. And the emphasis, uh, I'm so glad you brought up Matthew 16, the emphasis of that particular passage and even the verb that's used there is the offensive attack. That's right. It is, we are on the offensive against. That's and right. so now, instead of us always thinking we got to be on the defensive, we got to answer right. questions, we need to be asking Absolutely. the questions. We and, need to and be pushing standing, the conversation. That's right. Absolutely. We need to be standing up to the authorities and, stop reacting. and the powers. Right. Exactly. All of this is really important for us. But let me come back to uh, something else you mentioned earlier uh, about taking care of the elderly, for instance. When I'm thinking about the elderly, I think first of 1 Timothy 5, where it says, if you have folks who are your family, they should be taking care of you. But the, then the church is the backstop. So we right. we need to think the government's not our backstop. That's the right. church is our backstop. First Timothy chapter five. It, Paul goes even so far as to identify an age at the age of sixty. Yeah, you are to take care of folks like this. So I think all of those kinds of things then force us right. to rethink and ask ourselves the question: Are we depending on a nanny state government concept, mm. uh, an entitlement kind of concept, or are we looking at the church and saying? The church is where my roots are, and this is where I will take my stand at that particular point. So even within this concept or context of government and economics and taxes and mm-hmm. legislation and so on, our focus is really in the church first, mm-hmm. and then maybe on the sixth circle out, maybe the federal government stands mm-hmm. out there. Oh, that's, you are, you're on it. You're on it. If you look, and you, you brought up taxes, and yeah. I just, of, of the many things... You sure. Know, you brought up taxes. If you look at how dangerous it is for us to expect, as, as, as the body of Christ, to expect the, the government to be the first line of defense. Yep. And you hear people say, uh, well, I'm paying my taxes, you know, and so the <laughs> yeah. government, and, 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 and you, and you have eloquently said that the government does have a role, mm. but the church is the primary, it is the, is the entity in the, in the bot, in the earth mm-hmm. that God has put to lead mm-hmm. care for people. Mm. When we find ourselves uh, relying too heavily on government, then we, we expose ourselves to a world of people who, who, whose job is not is to primarily care for people. That's right. It's, it's, it's to maintain order and to make money. Mm-hmm. Give you an example. Most people pay um, uh, taxes on their income. And then when, and then if a church does anything that is not deemed as non-for-profit, it pays taxes on that. So here you have people paying taxes from their salary mm-hmm. and then taxes on some of what it takes to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And and the IRS, and, and for example, and I don't want to get too far to that, of course, mm-hmm. but IRS coming up with an example in different ways to find ways to tax mm-hmm. the church. That's right. 
So here, people in the body of Christ double paying twice for tax. You know, part of that is from, in a very essential uh, way of thinking, is that we've, re- we've relied, going back to what you said, we've relied too heavily on if the church, w- if people would decide to bring resources to the church to do ministry, yes. it would help us be able to do more diversity, do more urban care, do more mm-hmm. education, do more health care, do more clinics. Right. That, that, that in a non-for-profit way. That's right. So we wouldn't have to keep, the point is we wouldn't have to keep doing so much business with right. the, with 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 the government relying mm-hmm. on government grants so heavily relying yeah. on block grants so heavily there are the resources are available if people would just if people and there would be better stewardship in the church mm-hmm. by pastors mm-hmm. and by administrative boards let mm-hmm. me quickly say that mm-hmm. but if 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 we would treat the church like the power is supposed to be in yeah. the earth yeah. because i don't care what anybody says uh, uh dr Eccles, the most powerful uh uh uh, uh, creation of God is man and what man can become, which is the church. Mm-hmm. If, if, if everything that God is going to do in the earth, whether we like it or not, he's going to do it through the church. That's right. We can, many people downgrade, push it down. We don't need it. Th- mm-hmm. When God moves, mm-hmm. when the rapture comes, mm-hmm. When, when when the great white throne judgment takes place, mm-hmm. everything God has promised to do for us and everything he's doing now is through the church. That's right. So here's I want to pick up on something you mentioned a moment ago about people and uh, giving and those kinds of things. Here, here's my thought just generally about people who complain about the church and complain about the government. If you would bring your tithe, Absolutely. if you would bring your gift and of course, we know this from Second Corinthians eight and nine that the giving is different than tithing. You give above and beyond. The Macedonian church a great Absolutely. example of this. Absolutely. So when we talk about these things, I want to say to my church members, I want to say to all people who go to church, if you aren't at least bringing ten percent, right? If you aren't at least doing that, then you have no right to complain. Absolutely. About what Absolutely. is going on There's or a not system going God on. God has set up that you are not participating That's in right. and you are not uh, uh, trying, trusting. And, and Christ even says that in the Old Testament. Prove me. Yeah. In other words, I'm paraphrasing. It's been a loose paraphrase. <laughs> give me a shot. <laughs> That's right. Give me a shot. You, before, you, before you, give me a shot. Mm-hmm. He said, go down, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Mm-hmm. Well, we can get into what the devourer is about at some at another time, but Literally, what he's saying is how you handle my instructions mm-hmm. and the steward, what kind of steward you are over money mm-hmm. will determine the the effect of the devourer on your life. Yes. Now, that, and people like to say, well, you know, tithing is Old Testament. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, I've come not to destroy the law, mm-hmm. but I've come to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. In other words, I've come to finish what its intention, what God's intention was in giving it. Yeah. And you hit it in, 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 uh, in during Corinthians chapter 9 when he talks about giving. He loves the cheerful giver. He, yep. He's not excluding tithes. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I, I, I love, I, I, uh, um, uh, God loves the cheer, the happy person who is happy enough to stand on what giving is mm-hmm. so much so that they will increase it and oh. become happy. So they take it from duty yeah. to devotion. And if we would look at first Testament teaching in Leviticus, if we would go through and identify percentages, 
First Testament people are giving 25% and more. That's right. And more That's than right. this. So when, when people talk to me about the tithe, I would take them right back to Leviticus Absolutely. and say, look at this passage, look at, and start adding up all the stuff that Absolutely. they were supposed to be giving. Absolutely. So now when you come to the second Corinthians eight and nine mm-hmm. passages, mm-hmm. and basically Paul is slapping the Corinthian church across the face because he's saying those people in Macedonia right. who, by the way, are right. poor, poor, given more than you right. all. Right. You ought to be ashamed. That's right. That's right. Man, that's right. I'm telling you, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, that is the, and, 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 and wealth stewardship in the body of Christ, again, going back to embracing the word of God. Mm-hmm. We, we, we live in an age today where there's this major thrust of primary prosperity mm-hmm. teaching. And I, and I, I use that because I believe that God, the Bible says in, in, um, the second verse of third John, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as mm-hmm. your soul. So prosperity is not a sin, but when prim- when the primary teaching of a, of, of a body of, of a sect of the body of Christ, a section of the body of Christ is about financial prosperity, that's just wrong. Then we got a big yeah, problem got, got, right that, there. That's just wrong. But, but the teaching, stewardship wealth. Yes. How to get out of debt. That's right. So that you can become a viable participant mm-hmm. in, in your church's wealth. In, in the community's wealth. Mm. You can, we cannot do both. That's we right. cannot live in debt yep. and prosper at the same time. That's it. And that, so we've, it, there's much to be said about that. And that's another teaching, as you, as you brought earlier, that has infiltrated the church. Go get wealth. That's right. Not without getting debt free. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you, know, you, got, <laughs> you got four credit cards maxed out, exactly, boy. You, you got a problem exactly. here. Exactly. You can't, you can't, you can't do both. You, you cannot do both. Do both. So. And we are going to come back and follow up on this conversation. In fact, if you want to get debt free and get out of the problem of maxed out credit cards, come see us over here. We are allied with a nonprofit coffee that is all about financial literacy. You are listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We'll be right back. And we are back. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And we are having a candid and important conversation about the necessity of understanding that culture must not drive the church, but the church must invest itself in and influence the culture. And we are here joined today with Dr. Clyde Posley. He and I are having this discussion about oneness and the concern, of course, from John chapter 17 that Jesus prayed three times in this prayer that his people might be one. That's right. So as we come back to this discussion, Dr. Posley, and we've been talking very openly about our concerns generally about the culture, and we were discussing the issue of uh, taxes and money and wealth and all those kinds of things, and the necessity of stewardship. Let's come back to that concern. How is it that we should begin to train people to think differently in the church about stewardship? Well, um, again, this will take us back to some things I've, I've already said today. First of all, and, and this always seems like a, this even seems like an, an oxymoron, I even have to say this, but the church has got to use the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I to, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to have to say that, but, but, but the church has got to use the principles mm-hmm. of scripture. And, and not only that, we, we, we have got to, uh, convince, speak to a generation, teach a generation that wealth is not amassed uh, in an ill-gotten way, mm-hmm. it's not sustained that way. Mm-hmm. It may be a mass, but it's not sustained that way. We the, serving people. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter six, "Give, and it shall be given unto mm-hmm. you." Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men are going to give into your bosom. How you uh, and 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 this is a principle that God 
uh, the, the idea of giving and service, the principle that God himself has chosen to operate. Mm-hmm. When God wanted a nation, a people, a civilization of people like himself, he reached into himself and planted himself mm-hmm. in the earth and raised himself so that he could develop a culture, a society, and an earth of people. Mm. So if God so loved the world that he gave yes. in order to receive, mm-hmm. then the foundation of, of uh, stewardship is how is what you do with what you have in your hand. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. Yeah. This is the concern. When we talk about materialism, for instance, materialism isn't the, the matter that you have. It's what, what has you. That's right. Materialism That's right. is what has you, not what you have. That's right. And so if we would get the sense that this isn't something about how much money I got in my checking account, mm-hmm. how much right. green I've got in my pocketbook, the issue is always going to be, what is it that drives me? What's That's the right. affective force, That's the right. interior motivation, the affections of the heart That's right. that then are going to manifest themselves in the decisions that I make, right. in the kinds of things that I purchase, in the uh, issues that I want to uh, give and contribute to, That's those right. kinds of things. That's my heart. Yeah, that's my right. heart. Uh, in, in the Beatitudes, uh, Christ said that where a man's treasure lies, mm-hmm. there lies his heart. Mm-hmm. And, and, we, and we should not assume, as you've just so eloquently said, that, that the treasure is, uh, is considered money by everybody. Right. It, it, and but I, 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 while you were speaking uh, just a second, Dr. Mark, just a second ago, one of the things you said it was so true. You said what has us. Mm-hmm. It's not just it's not primarily what, what we, we have, have mm-hmm. but what has, has us. us. Mm-hmm. And what has us will determine our stewardship that's right. in giving. That's right. Uh, if, 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 if past pain mm-hmm. contra- and, and, and the core, and when I say what we mean and what we mean to the listening audience and what we mean by has us is what's controlling our hearts. That's it. What, what at the, at the core of who we are, mm-hmm. what do we serve? That's right. What do we give to? Mm-hmm. What drives us? What motivates us? What offends us? Mm-hmm. All of that is found in the content of a person's heart. And so uh, financial uh, literacy, financial stewardship, uh, cultural stewardship, yep. societal stewardship has to do with the condition of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's why God uh, in Christ is not interested in fixing your heart. Right. He wants to give you a new one. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, if any man be in Christ, he's not fixed. Mm-hmm. The Bible says he's a new creature. That's right. And, and and old things have, and it's at that point, Doctor Mark, that old things are passed away mm-hmm. and all things become new. Mm. There are many people, even people in the body of Christ, uh, Doctor Mark, and I, I want the audience to hear me well here, who come to church, and and they say they accept Christ as their personal Savior, but they don't allow Him to teach them to become new. Mm. When you when you accept Christ, your old habits, your old spending, your old mindsets about money mm-hmm. don't leave. Mm-hmm. You you if you've accepted Christ, you've been born again, you are saved. Yes, been baptized, but you in you you're saved, but that does not change your mind. That's right. Paul said in Romans chapter twelve, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." It almost seems like a double dip. There. I thought like that became new. Yeah, because you came new does not mean your mind. That's right. Your spirit is what's new. Mm-hmm. And why is this important? It's important because we have to start preaching more and explaining to the body of Christ, even for the, the idea of unity, that just because you go to church or get saved does not mean you care about other people all of a sudden. That's right. 
if you if if one was racist mm-hmm. before they got saved, you mm-hmm. can accept Christ mm-hmm. and still be racist. Mm-hmm. You can actually, and people don't want they're not going to want to hear this. Mark. I hope this doesn't hurt us at all, but it's, <laughs> but it's a real truth. It is. You can a person can accept Jesus Christ fundamentally as their personal savior. As you know, and I'm, I'm just looking at you, mm-hmm. but I'm you, no. you accept Christ as their personal savior and mm-hmm. truly believe that Jesus is God's son. God raised him from the dead and they are saved, mm. but they were racist mm. when they got saved. Mm-hmm. They can be saved. And because they do not allow the love of Christ to be taught into their hearts, yes. they will continue to be racist, even though they are saved. Yes. There are some people who do not know a society that does not is not controlled by in their mind, white supremacy or the criminalization of blackness or, or, or the intrusion of, uh, of the Latino uh, culture mm. uh, or the Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. They don't know a world that where that those ideologies have not been perpetuated mm. and, but they do believe in Jesus Christ. Mm. And many people don't want to do uh, There are, there are African-Americans who do not know a world that does not have racism in it. Mm. And so they don't know how to respond to uh, white America any other way other than their experiences tell them. Mm-hmm. They don't know that you cannot practice Christianity hating white people. <laughs> how about that? There's a, you there's cannot. A, yeah. Yeah, there's and this is this goes both ways as you've well identified. Absolutely. What I want to come back to something you talked about concerning the renewing of the mind. I was thinking uh, you mentioned Romans 12. I was Mm -hmm. thinking about Romans 8, where it says that this uh, issue you have to have a change in your mindset, not to have the spirit of the culture, but the spirit of Christ. That's right. And so many people. If he lives in you, that's right. That's what that passage says. That's the whole point of that, isn't it? That's right. (laughs) So. We, we have so many people who say we want to change the culture, but they don't want to change themselves. That's right. They do not and, and want they that. Are, they are some percentage of the culture. That's right. The culture is what the people are. That's the it. ontology of any, any, any group is no better mm-hmm. than the nucleus of the group, the components when, of the group. When we talk about our concerns about institutions, let's talk about the group as an institution. Okay. And we have to say to our, to everybody, you know what? Institutions are made up of individuals, right. and individuals bear responsibility right. for what they're bringing into the institutions. Institutions by themselves, that is, governing bodies that help us in whatever way that help might be, uh, is generally speaking a good thing. We don't want to just get rid of institutions. Right. But what we want to do is we want to say to everybody, you know what? When you talk bad about whatever it is that you're concerned about in that institution, do you realize you're part of that institution? That's right. <laughs> that's really that's, something we need to point that's, out that's constantly. Right. That's right. If you look, if you look, um, and that's well said. If, if you look at the, the, the most significant changes for the American, for America, mm-hmm. not 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 necessarily for any culture within America, but for America, mm. the policies that drove those changes were more often than not driven by people who crossed over. And what I mean by crossed over is they did not make, while they may have been doing what they were doing to free their culture, they, many of these people who made these significant changes did so realizing that they're going to have, they're going to hurt some people's feelings in their culture but the greater whole, the greater society will be better. Mm-hmm. Lyndon Johnson, uh, and in in sixty four or sixty five, 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 
and in in sixty four sixty five and in in sixty four sixty five and in in Bobby Kennedy and his efforts mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. who many people do not know. But he's always seen as one of the forefathers of the civil, and he is one of the forefathers of the civil rights movement. But he was greatly aided by the Jewish community. Mm. Uh, documentation in the, the, the Hebrew Museum in Cincinnati, Ohio, points to funding mm. and efforts uh, that that undergirded mm. the civil rights movement. Mm. So when you when you and so and so it's going to require. I'm, I'm saying all this to say, get come back to today. It's going to require, and I'd like to say humbly, people who are trying to do, like you and I, to, fi- to, to, to make decisions that maybe some in our culture may not like, but they are required. Mm-hmm. Because it's real truth. On Judgment Day, he's going to ask us about our brothers mm-hmm. and not our culture. Mm-hmm. That's right. What, what did you do for for... The brothers, and 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 starts with the church mm-hmm. and expands to our human family, our, right. our just our our, our creation family mm-hmm. of creation. What did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, "Love ye one another." In John thirteen, by this shall all men know. Mm-hmm. But 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 he says he so loved the world. That's it. There are Muslims in this world. Mm-hmm. There are homosexuals mm-hmm. in this world, mm-hmm. and they were made by God. Yep. Orientation, confusion, whatever the case, what we all can agree on as Christians, That's right. they were made by God. Mm-hmm. We have got love knows no boundary. Mm-hmm. And if we are going to truly bring oneness, Dr. Eccles, mm-hmm. we have got to decide because, see, love is, is many people. I don't want to get too far away, but I've got to say this. Many people see love as something that you do for people that you feel fuzzy for. Oh yeah. Love is actually designed for people who are in need mm-hmm. of love. And the question is, are you giving to people that cannot give back to they you? Cannot give back to you. Any, Christ said anybody would do things for people ah. who, th- and that's actually not love. That's, mm. that's a barter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. an agreement. That's right. Here is my soul. Here, mm-hmm. I'm sowing this. Here's what I expect to reap. Yeah. True love. Is exemplified in the love of no one that Christ died for when he died was capable of repaying him That's right. in kind. Yeah. Giving means giving and giving, not getting back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's and that's a principle across the board. Yeah, absolutely. Giving means releasing mm-hmm. and trusting the soil in which you have released it, to which you have released it mm-hmm. to do what soil does. Yeah. To germinate, to, to do the process. Right. And 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 we we as a culture have got to decide and it's got to be public and how we care for people when we talk about things like this and you just mentioned the word soil makes me think about how many folks you've preached to how many folks i've taught in classes for all of the years i've been teaching mm-hmm. and i think about some of the students who i i refer to this as the big left turn they have take they have gone away from the faith in one way or another mm-hmm. uh but we planted seed in that soil mm-hmm. and some of that soil is going to be rocky and right. some of that soil is going to be choked out by the desires of the world around us mm-hmm. and on and on. The issues that we confront here is not with the seed and it's not necessarily with the sower. It is always about the receptor. So when you and I speak, we're speaking now, you speak on Sundays and, and Wednesdays, you're about to have a Bible study. Uh, I speak when I go and do teaching wherever I teach. 
uh, we're talking about not just our responsibility to speak clearly and correctly. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the listener's responsibility to hear. Right. And this is huge when we talk about the church. We think that somehow this is, uh, you know, you've got to entertain me. You've got to, we have this cultural mindset mm-hmm. of entertainment that somehow if I go to this assembly that now you're going to put on a show for me. And this is antithetic to what Scripture teaches to us. Our concern is how are you going to now receive this word? And we're talking about what we're talking about right now is word being going out to people's ears. And we're saying to all of you who are listening and later on the podcast, what will you now do with this word? Right. That's absolutely right. It's the the husband and wife scenario. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the sower and the uh, uh, seeds, the farmer and the seed and the soil scenario. Yeah. Um, it the condition of of the soil is everything. Mm-hmm. What how what, what okay we're hearing it, uh, the the listeners are hearing it, but you're at your desk, you're at work, mm-hmm. you're at home. What are you going to do now, in light of the fact uh, that you are hearing uh, uh, principles like that there is no true Christianity that is one that is that is housed in one culture. Right. There's a person in your cubicle mm. of a different ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Now what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get to the grocery store. The cashier is going to be a different ethnicity of you, than you. Mm. Uh, maybe your neighbors at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or maybe your child who goes to school uh, with a plethora of cultures mm-hmm. now wants to date someone that doesn't look like you. Mm-hmm. How are you going to handle that? Right. Because, again, going back to something we, we shared earlier in the, in the broadcast, when people and the needs of people and loving people and being compassionate are, is the nucleus of who I am, it should dictate the rest of my beliefs. Mm-hmm. This affective change that has already taken place within me. Within me. That's right. The it's way gotta I, start it's got there. to be practiced. Right. Because we only believe mm-hmm. what we are seen practicing. That's right. And so when you when you preach, when I'm teaching, whatever the case might be, if that message has not first impacted us, mm-hmm. it is not going to have the same sure. power to the people when they hear it. Right. Because they know or they That's see right. or there's a sense that, you know, these kinds of things are, are incompatible. And, and God did it. In the Old Testament, when, when God, God in, in multiple times, uh, Dr. Eccles, confronted the leaders. Mm. It's got to start with leaders. I mean, we, we're talking, and our lady hears me, you know, mm. but it's got, it, it, it really needs to start with leaders. Mm-hmm. Leaders need to, I was teaching in a, in a marriage class I teach on Sunday mornings uh, for my congregation, and I was saying, you know, there's, there, we, we need better, I said, better mirror stewardship. Mm-hmm. Most of us use the mirror just to tell us we look good. Mm-hmm. But the mirror has the power to do more than that. To, it has the power to really, if we, if we don't, if we slow down and ask for would require more of the mirror than just a quick last check. Mm. The mirror will tell you who you are. Mm. It'll talk to you. Mm. Leaders need to, um, as we're doing, talk with other leaders yes. and hear them. Right. Because many people have, have poor dialogue skills when it mm. comes to making change. They have a lot to say, but they don't want to hear. That's right other people when you i'm thinking about this word uh, as i hear you say the word hear and listen over and over again there's a hebrew word uh that's uh you say it this way you say shma and shma means three different things it means to hear it means to listen which means to consider and 
ponder and reflect on, but then it also means to obey, to hear, to listen, and obey. So you've got the cognitive, you've got the affective, it's inside of you now, Mm -hmm. but you've also got this behavioral change that needs to take place. Here we have within Scripture, within one word, the concept that should be driving through all of us, and this is essential for us. Pastor, I know that you've got to go. You've got... um, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's so much fun just talking with each other. It's great. This is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, We know that you've got to take off. Thank you so much for the first hour here. Uh, We're grateful for this, and we're looking forward to new things for the future. Absolutely. Thank you, my brother. Always my pleasure. All right. Thank you again. We'll look forward to this. And uh, those of you who are listening and on the podcast, uh, HB and I will be back. In a song or two, uh, after we uh, take a musical break, we'll be back talking about the attitude of gratitude. Warp and Woof Radio, we'll be right back. You're listening to Radio Next.tv, the Cool Groove site. This is Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And in the first hour, we had the privilege of having Dr. Clyde Posley with us from Antioch Baptist Church, downtown Indianapolis. We were discussing the issue of oneness and the issue, really, of ethnic unity. And our discussion went in so many different directions. It was really welcoming uh, so many different ideas that were kind of uh, ping-ponging around in the process of this. But we wanted to, uh, throughout the num- uh, month of November, emphasize the need for gratitude, the need for thanksgiving, the need for thankfulness. Uh, I was just in the offices of uh, Families First this uh, just yesterday, actually, uh, meeting with Laura Henderson, and we were discussing what we were going to be talking about uh, in next week when she comes in. Uh, next week's the 15th. She'll be here in our first hour. And we're going to be discussing the issue of manners, saying please and thank you. Uh, it was a wonderful conversation we had uh, with the folks down there at Families First. But what I want to say about that is that this ought to be a general understanding of all of our lives constantly. We ought to be grateful. So I'm going to just start us off, HB, and say, uh, first of all, I'm grateful for you, for you being my brother. Um, I love you. I care for you. I'm th- I think about uh, all of the good things that are going on in your life right now. Uh, I'm thinking about being thankful for the place that we're in, uh, the wonder of Collaborate 317 and the opportunities that you and I have going into the future. Uh, so it's a wonder to have worked with you for two years, and man, I hope it's twenty more. Oh, no doubt about it. And, uh, and thank you, Ma Echo. Uh, we got to give there our love is. out, man. Got to yeah. give it love uh, to Virginia for having a brother like you, man. And and in reality, you know, we we talk, and this sounds like a kumbaya moment, but the truth of the matter is, is that we do not spend enough time. Uh, being thankful for those things. And, you know, we were just laughing with Dr. Posley, but I told him, man, I'm not waiting on the Red Cedar part of burning bushes <laughs> for my miracles. When I get to watch miracles like this happen every day, just mm-hmm. unifying people who never knew one another, and now they feel like brothers in spirit. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, if you get to be uh, the orchestrator of some of that every day, man, you know, That's you right. really find your place and you really find uh, that that life is worth living, That's as right. they say. And, you know, we can be depressed about the things that, you know, we're unhappy about, or we can just be so overjoyed about the things that God do in your life. And what I found out, Mark, is I'm thankful for, and I say this all the time, I'm thankful for all the people who roamed me out here to paradise. Mm. I mean, I mean, seriously, because wow. people, people will use you up and, and take, mm-hmm. take, 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 take. And if you can stand strong, even knowing yep. when people are doing that and still keep your character, still not 
you know, be uh, persuaded to do something different than what other God and God told you to do. Mm. Um, you know, people, will, you know, he said the devil will, you know, he'll be your footstool. Mm-hmm. And so some, you know, I think about some of the the trials that I've been through to, to get out here. Mm-hmm. And every last one of those trials got me out here. That's right. Uh, it had it been any different, I'd have probably still been living under the illusion that I can do this by myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead serious. And so. we're grateful that you're out here. It's a wonderful place. For those of you who are listening, or we'll hear the podcast later on, uh, we actually have uh, an open house this next Thursday, the 16th of November, you'll want to be here. Seriously, I'm going to be inviting some folks to come on out here and see this place. I will personally give you a tour. It's November the 16th from 6 until 8 o'clock. Uh, you don't want to miss this because you have not seen a facility like this. 25,000 square feet under roof. We've got a gala room that will hold 300 people for uh, an event. We've got a 50-seat video teaching uh, center right in the middle of everything. And, of course, we're sitting in this wonderful studio, which not only has the capability that you're hearing right now of a radio studio, uh, but multiple radio studios. And on top of that, we have the video production capabilities of uh, the possibilities for this in the future. So all of this kind of stuff is already here for us, and you want to be in on this. You know, you I, I, I laugh, Mark. I laugh when somebody came in the other day and said, which studio are we doing the show in? <laughs> there I'm you about, go. I'm about cracked up on myself. I was like, man, this is too funny, you know, uh, from from a guy, you know, just wondering what the cable going to be on. I'm serious, man. It's a tough gig. <laughs> Hell, man. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it, man. Times, you know, when you are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, and anybody out here listening, they can attest to it, man. You are you are constantly trying not to get caught by the bear. I call That's it the right. bear. Mm-hmm. And when you're waking up every day wondering if the bear is going to get you, it mm-hmm. is hard to uh, facilitate the true obligation that you have towards your obli- you know, t- towards the, the business you're trying to run or Isn't the it? message that you're trying to pull up. This is the real issue here. We're, we're, we're so thankful f- to be in this place. And you talk about the bear. What, it, what is it like now to wake up? And you're prepared to, to shoot the bear. You're loaded for bear, but there ain't no bear because you're in, now you're in the wonder of the lair. You're not with the bear anymore. Well, you know, Doc, you know, you, you, we're creatures of habit, so I still wake up and think the bear is there. You know, <laughs> okay, I still right. think the bear is still chasing me down sometimes. But you know, I snap out of it real quick and understand. Guys really got this um, in his hand, and even when the bear was chasing me, I, you know. He's chasing you, but you like, so what, bear? You know, really, you know, we're going to get through this. But, uh-huh. but really, you know, the, the, the testimony I think is, uh, when you can understand the, and, and discern, uh, when, when God is speaking and when God is doing yeah. things in your life and learning how to get out of his way, mm-hmm. um, being thankful for that is, 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 paramount in my world because, you know, the, I, you know, when, especially when you're an alpha dog, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you know, you you tend to want to get in the way yeah. of what God's grace is. And oh. I've, I've learned how to just be patient, how to to take that exhale breath. I'm always telling other people to mm-hmm. do, and, and just let things manifest themselves. Oh man, last night Robin and I were talking at uh, just you know she was doing papers. We were just talking about whatever, and I said, you know, baby, I think I need to go back and read that essay I wrote some time ago called "The Slowness of God." Yeah. The slowness of God. And we're always wanting everything so fast. Well, you know, and that's the nature of uh, of now. Yeah, uh, you know, especially when you uh, – I was telling someone the worst thing in the world is when you can get information and you really don't know 
how that information became mm-hmm. <laughs> the information that it is. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of times we're dealing in a world where people can go get the answer to a question, but the substance of the answer is more important than just the answer. Yeah. And so we live in a world now where everything is rapid, everything. Mm-hmm. People want to start a business and in a year be rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want their kids to grow up. Uh, like, like at six years old, they want them to be 10 already. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not going to happen. Um, so we have to slow down, take the time and really relish the, the maturation process. One of the great, great principles that comes out of the book of Proverbs. So we talk about Proverbs all the time. One of the principles in Proverbs is that you earn money little by little. There are no get-rich-quick schemes that are going to be ultimately successful. So all you Christians who are getting your lottery tickets, those yeah. 20 and 30 lottery tickets that you take to the store every day, you know, mm-hmm. you might win, but God ain't happy about yeah. that. I'm this just is, letting you know. This is a, a crucial concern for us. We were just talking uh, with Dr. Posley about the issue of stewardship, and we were talking about Second Corinthians 8 and 9. I, I, here's the last verse out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, where Paul is talking about Christ, and he says, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. We cannot even be thankful enough, not only for our salvation, but all that's been given to us in this life. The wonder of this is just a phenomenon, H.B. Yeah, and I heard Clyde, uh, you know, when he was on, and and you guys were talking about, uh, we we can't get close to to making God happy, so yeah. to speak. God, God, God ain't, you know, and I don't know if you don't, if you read your scripture enough, God is a God of free will. Mm. So if he gives you free will, then he's not really that ecstatic about your <laughs> what, what your uh, do-good deeds are because he's done so much mm-hmm. for us that we can't even think of living up yeah. to uh, that notion. So, you know, understanding that always makes it a lot easier to go deal too because, you know, he's not expecting a whole bunch of stuff out of us, man. Just yeah. love your neighbor. I mean, follow the, like you say, follow some proverb <laughs> and, right. and then find out who your identity is so you can work within this kingdom and, and do the best you can. Then when you meet him. That's right. Fortunate to meet him, then, mm. you know, he can say, good job. But he ain't, he ain't In the meantime, you know, we're servants, and uh, this is the crucial concern for us. So uh, let me just put a pitch in here for Comenius, because uh, what we're doing in this radio show, what we do, uh, what I do on Mondays and other days during the week when I have meetings with students, is uh, I'm going to serve them. <clears throat> and I'm really concerned about giving to them in a way that is beneficial to them in their academic life, in their school life. Uh, meeting with them when their time is uh, precious around them to meet when they're able to meet, not asking them for another meeting, that kind of stuff. So we want to serve people. We want to serve people by asking them into the studio to say to them, you know what, you're so important to us that we want to share this airtime with you. We want to serve you in this way. Get your name out there. Get your organization out there. This is just part of what we want to do for you. Uh, this is the way that we give back to the community, HB. Absolutely. Well, what we want to do is take one break, Mark, our last break of the day, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about gratitude and being mm-hmm. thankful as we approach this Thanksgiving season. You're listening to Warp and Wolf Radio on the Cool Groove site from the brand new studios out here at the Collaborate 317. We'll be right back. Uh, Facebook Live going on during the breaks, yes, Dr. Do. Mars. Yes, you are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, just trying to give the, the most uncut love, pure love that we can each and every Wednesday morning, Cominius Institute, the great sponsor. One more time, Mark. Yeah, Tell absolutely. them what we're doing at Cominius. Yeah, so Cominius Institute is named after John Amos Cominius, a famous 17th century Moravian pastor uh, who was a an essential educator. Uh, he was somebody who literally changed the educational landscape. And even today in the public sector, 
Uh, he's still considered to be the father of modern education. Uh, he believed in uh, something called Pan-Sophie, which basically gave us our encyclopedia. He was looking for wisdom throughout the world. Uh, this is a fantastic idea and one, of course, that has changed uh, all of the world uh, since his time. But for Comenius, our focus really revolves around things that he's already done. Uh, we crossed three bridges. Uh, the first bridge that we're crossing is helping Christian students into the public sector of the university, uh, studying at IUPUI, helping them to navigate ideas and things that they've uh, been hearing or even in some cases not hearing uh, at the public university level and thinking about those things Christianly. The second bridge uh, we're crossing is crossing into communities. We're linking communities. We're helping communities uh, care about each other and love each other and become one with each other. Uh, we're certainly doing that through the radio show. Uh, that's part of what we do every week. And the third bridge that we cross is Christianity, uh, helping Christians understand their culture, so cultural interaction. And actually, that's something that I'm doing this weekend. I'm on my way after the Great Leadership Conference up at Northview. Uh, I'm traveling down to St. Louis, and uh, we're going to be doing uh, two days, one evening and, and one day on Saturday, uh, teaching on psychology in film. So we're helping uh, other folks think differently, think Christianly about how do we look at movies, how do we think uh, from a Christian vantage point about the psychological issues that we're seeing within the films themselves. And that's something that we're doing on a regular basis. I'm doing that, of course, on Sundays when I uh, teach my class. Uh, this year, actually, we're doing this uh, in Old Testament overview. And this particular Sunday, I'm teaching on the essential book of Deuteronomy and why that's so important. Uh, but I actually attend church up at Crossroads Community Church. If you're at all interested, uh, check us out up there. Scott Dean and David Peters, a couple of our pastors there. Uh, you won't want to miss that. My teaching starts at 10 o'clock. So if you're at all interested in that, uh, inbox me in the Facebook message area. Or you can holler out at me, text to talk at 630-303-4891. I'll be happy to interact with you in any way and look forward to uh, any kind of interaction that you might have. But, of course, now uh, we're going to spend the last few minutes of this particular program once again emphasizing what we're emphasizing all uh, month long, and that is this attitude of gratitude that we need to have. And we are pleased, of course, uh, not only to be in this particular place. We talked about that uh, this last hour. Uh, but we are pleased to know all of the people that we do. And one of the things that's been happening uh, ever since I've been involved with uh, this particular group, HB, you know, has helped uh, connect us to lots of different folks in ways that we would never have seen those kinds of connections before. So we're grateful for that. We're grateful for all the churches that have been invested here. We're grateful for all the civic-minded groups. We're grateful for all the women who have joined us on this program to emphasize the things that are of concern for them and all the men as well. We're concerned, of course, for all of the nonprofits as well as the, the for-profits who contribute to the nonprofits. And, oh, by the way, November is Giving Month. Don't forget that. And so if you're at all interested in supporting uh, Comenius as a whole or specific issues. Uh, let's say, for instance, you want to participate in this radio show and you want to give us $50 for one week. That would cover one week of a radio show or $200 for the month or, God bless you, $2,500 for the whole year. That would cover our yearly expenses for the radio show. 
or we could talk about all kinds of other things, our writing and curricular development that's going on. Uh, we're talking about the kinds of inroads that we're having at IUPUI. We can talk about all different kinds of ways that you can become invested financially as a contributing patron, a contributing patron of Comenius. And let me just highlight why uh, the word patron is so important. Uh, back in the Renaissance days, we're talking about the 1500s, 1600s, uh, actually one person would identify an artist that they really liked, that they wanted to support, and they literally would support them. Their life, their livelihood came from the rich person who said, you know what, your creativity, your entrepreneurialism, your uh, investment in beauty and goodness and the culture is something that I want to contribute to, and we want to make sure to support you in this. And that was the financial funding. It was called patronage. And so that's actually what we do, uh, t- talk about with all of the good folks who are already contributing to Cominius, and we want to thank them uh, for all of their great service in this way. But if you want to become invested in a nonprofit group uh, that is actually making inroads into all areas of community, Please consider Comenius and all of the good things that are happening because of the uh, interactions that we're having with individuals and communities around us. Uh, HB, uh, that's one long segue into gratitude. That, that was like is. that was like one of those prayers in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious, but some brothers, you know, so you know, we'll have Thanksgiving dinner talking about cultural mm-hmm. differences. And, uh, you know, that patriarch who always wanted to be the preacher but yep. was the deacon. Yep. And he says the Thanksgiving grace. Oh, my God. Mark, <laughs> brother, brother King, brothers can go home about three or four minutes. You know, while you waiting to cut that turkey, oh, there's enough here doing they, they thanking uh, the ants for, you know, not getting caught by the spiders. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, but no, but in all seriousness, those are some of the differences in the cultures that we live in, man. You know, Isn't that the truth? And I'm thinking about my nephews right now. You're talking about praying before eating i think about ethan and luke out in denver and i think you know what they really like it when uh their uncle mark uh prays because my prayers my prayers are so short before we eat because i want to eat just as much as they do yeah well i well i uh, trust me as you continue your uh your your venture out into the urban community (laughs) get ready Uh, and remember you're gonna be sitting up one time laughing because one of those brothers is gonna get in one of them 15 minute break uh prayers and you're gonna say oh my god hb was telling the truth uh but no man seriously but i'm thankful for the gift of laughter mark Uh, i mean seriously man it is like the the medicine for the soul Mm. uh and if if you laugh enough you'll figure out most of this stuff isn't that serious You, you know we take ourselves real serious and you know, I tell people, remember, man, this is we're like a vapor in this thing called life. And so, uh, the role that you get to play in that dash that you get to to claim as yours, yeah. You know, because because the beginning date is set and the end date is set, and then yep. the dash. What are you doing in the middle? What of that are you dash? doing in the middle of this thing? This is a. It's interesting that you mentioned the concept of laughter. Uh, just for the sake of saying it again to folks who might be listening for the first time or need to be reminded, uh, one of the things that you get when you uh, participate with us, not just in listening but also reading and watching the things that we do, uh, is that you have a website available to you where I have written about 600 essays, I think, there are on this website now. And there are all different kinds of ideas that are going on on this website. So I just dialed up, for instance, one of them, 
where we're talking about the issue of laughter. And I've actually written an essay entitled Laughter, yeah. uh, where I've uh, ind- indicated here some professorial comments about laughter. So here's just a couple of lines from this. Go to my website, warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And check this out. Here's one. Uh, Professor Wanzer from a Canisius uh, College uh, teaches a communication course which always fills the capacity entitled Constructive Uses of Humor. One study engaged by the class involves Southwest Airlines' strategic effort to integrate humor into the workplace. Now, I just want to say this about Southwest Airlines. I'm going to be flying Southwest out to see my family in Denver in December. And for anybody who is connected to Southwest, maybe Southwest wants to start contributing to Cominius, because after you hear what I have to say about Southwest, Uh man, here it comes. I love Southwest Airlines. They have, not only do they have great service on their airlines, but they have some of the best commercials ever made. So here it is, HB. i got to tell you about my favorite television commercial of all time. This happened when I was watching football one afternoon. <laughs> I forget when it was. It might have been in the 90s, whenever it was. And so here are these this guys line up at the movie marquee to buy his ticket. And there's a long line of folks. And he drops some of his money. He bends over to pick it up. The woman behind him comes up behind him like a quarterback and starts calling out signals. Blue 42! Blue 42! And then you catch this guy's, the expression on this guy's face, of course, because this woman is acting like the quarterback behind him. And then the freeze frame comes. And the next thing you see is this, just this single space line and a frame that says Southwest Airlines. And the voiceover says, do you want to get away? <laughs> Fly Southwest Airlines. I laughed so hard I fell off the couch, man. That was so stinking funny. And so even today, Southwest Airlines, they produce some of the greatest commercials. And it is through laughter and through humor that we make these kinds of connections to people. And this kind of linkage, I think, is just a marvel and a wonder. So thanks, HB, for bringing that up. Absolutely. Uh, hello, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but that those do stick with you. And, uh, you know, part of the – I don't know. I think part of what we – we have in this is um, things that connect and identify with us um, as we talk about, mm. you know, uh, caring, sharing or whatever. And one of the things that, y- you know, we, we talk about all the time but, um, that, that you deliver on is stepping outside of your box. And mm. we were talking earlier, what box? What you box? Know, we were talking about what box? <laughs> and, and reality, though, a lot of people have uh, trapped themselves in a box yes. of, of this is how I'm going to live. And I was having a candid conversation the other day with a young lady and we were talking about relationships mm-hmm. and she was telling me what her guy, her dream guy was going to be like. Okay. I said, well then you probably won't ever find him." Ooh. Uh, no, I'm dead serious yeah. because if you go in trying to identify what you're wanting from a natural mm-hmm. uh, uh, perspective, then there's probably going to be some things that you don't like in that picture. Mm-hmm. So when you start identifying, this is what my guy is going to mm-hmm. be like, then okay. You might not have thought about that. He might be carrying this into this mm-hmm. <laughs> with you. Yeah. Uh, are you willing to give and take a little bit Ooh, on that? Give and take. Oh man. I, I think I messed the sister's little mind <laughs> up. And if you're listening, yes, I did tell about that. <laughs> but no, my, my seriousness is, is that a lot of times we're trying to predetermine mm-hmm. what the gift is. I, and, and I'm thankful again for, uh, not letting, uh, the horse that I bet on out at the, the track uh, a few months ago, hmm. my brother and I went to the track and the name of the horse was maybe this time. Oh my. Th- this true story true now. Story. This is what Bring happened. It now. Bring it. 
So my brother didn't, he's never been to the horse track. So I'm trying to tell him how to win, you know, uh, win, place, bet, and show, mm-hmm. you know, win, place, and show. So I'm trying to show him how to bet. So we were picking the four horses. First horse I picked is maybe this time. Promise you, true mm-hmm. story. So it was like 14 different horses. So we go. I start doing research on the other horses by now. Who's the best jockey in the mud? What mm-hmm. horse wins in the mud? You know, I'm going scientific. Mm-hmm. So I pick my other three horses and maybe this time. Well, my brother tells me, maybe this time, by the way, was horse number two. Mm. My brother tells me, hey, man, your niece, Beverly, said that if I ever go to the track, bet on number three. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, listen to what I knew uh-huh. about being thankful, uh-huh. about being thankful. Mm-hmm. Man, the gun goes off. I changed to number three because mm-hmm. my niece says, so we like two idiots betting the same <laughs> card instead of diversifying <laughs> the car. But to show you how God works, just to show you how God works. So maybe this time the, the the gun goes off and maybe this time raises up like silver off of the Lone Ranger, right? <laughs> the other horses take off and he's still in the air. Man, when he comes down on the ground, it's like somebody shot him out of a cannon. Oh. And within about, oh, I guess about 30 to 40 yards, he just took off and just led mm. the whole race. And he's coming down the backstretch. Mm. Maybe this time, man, he's a 15 to 1 odds now. Yeah. So maybe this time comes through and I win, place, and show I would have won $11,500. Oh, my. But God said, no, I need you to move out to Collaborate 317. (laughs) Had I won, Mm. I wouldn't be here today. Oh, my word. No, because that Mm. little bit of money would have made a difference Mm. in the way I did business, Mm -hmm. in the way I was preparing to do stuff. I was ready to put cameras up in the old studio, Mm -hmm. ready to invest in a place that wasn't, you know, uh, mine. So so you start looking at it and say, hmm. Mm. Had I won, I would have lost. Mm. And 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 to be thankful to lose eleven thousand five hundred dollars as a broke guy, mm. that's testimony. You know, this strikes me as a, as a preaching moment right here. So you have to think about this. Sometimes winning is losing. Now, for all those of you preachers out there, all those of you teachers out there, winning is lo- losing is winning is something to really be considerate of. When you think about what Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross. He went through a horrific death. He, of course, rose again from the dead and lives for us today and will soon return. All of those things true. But nonetheless, the only way that the win was going to come through is if the loss came in first. So HB's great story about being down at the track and going with the niece's number and all this kind of stuff and how it changes your whole perspective about what ought to happen in life. It's amazing when we try to take over stuff, when we try to think, you know what, we know best, we, we think this is the way uh, things ought to be, the direction we ought to go, and we actually get sideswiped, you know, from heaven. And we think to ourselves, you know what, what happened? Why is it this going on? You know, the book of Job is all about this, the awfulness that can take place in life sometimes. And we're not dis- disputing, by the way, the awfulness. That's not at all what we're considering here. But we're asking the question, what does real winning look like? And real winning sometimes is losing. So thanks, HB. That's oh, a great story. Man, and, and, and I'm serious, and I was telling somebody that, and, you know, especially those who don't have their their ear really, you know, tuned in on what Christ is talking about. And, I mean, I was called crazy, and, oh, mm-hmm. HB, you just tripping. And, uh, you know, I heard it all, man. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. As I sit here every morning, I'm like, no, I wasn't tripping. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, really, had, had, I, had it went any other way, I would have made a decision based on what HB thought versus mm-hmm. what God has for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to let people know, man, sometimes back up and let God do 
his thing. Mm. And as you mentioned, sometimes that requires you to lose what you think is losing. Sometimes yeah. it requires you uh, to take a different direction in the way you're going. Mm. And too many times we're trying to fight because we want to be comfortable with our way. Yeah, it's not and the truth. to be like that log in the ocean, you know, when God says, okay, I want to float you this way, just be willing to float this mm. way. Because if you weren't floating, then you'd be sinking. Mm. You know, this reminds me of uh, what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, all of the things that I thought were important to me. So he was born a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was part of the Pharisaical class. He was the highest of the high in terms of education. Uh, the man knew multiple languages, knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards, uh, What had a principal part uh, in terms of a position in, of authority in the culture in his culture as well as in the Roman culture uh, because he was a Roman citizen born in Tarshish. So th this was a very important, prestigious thing for him. We had all of these things going for him. And this is the word that he uses. I'm not going to use the other word. I'll use the word that uh, people will be able to hear over the radio. Uh, Paul uses this term when he says, all of these things I counted as dung. That's D-U-N-G, dung. Okay, this this is you don't want me to go deep on them, no, do you, doctor? No, okay, you, I know mom's listening. Yeah, so this is what the cattle do out in the field. Okay, this is what they are planting in the the soil. They are planting dung, and that is what uh, Paul says about all of these human manifestations of authority and positions and all that kind of stuff. That's what he said it was, HB. Bulldog. There it is. There it is. I use that on Saturday. That's one of my you know, right. Christian curse words, man. Oh, my so I word. Can, Here we go. Giving him a little jumbo Just love give him a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, you know, we, we have to, I think, or let me not say we have to. We need to think about, mm -hmm. you know, some of the some of the things that um, we do to to block our blessings mm. uh, more more than what we need to think about. What are we trying to get? Yeah. And, and you know, I use the line all the time. You know, my reason for living is giving. Mm -hmm. um, and if you wake up with the spirit of giving, just being a cheerful giver, then, man, miracles pop off all the time. Mm. And, and as I mentioned, they don't have to be miracles that benefit you like. Okay, miracle. Somebody leaves you a house. Miracle. Somebody buys you. No, no I ain't the kind of miracles. I'm, mm -hmm. talking, I'm talking about miracles that leave you like Proverbs say, uh, desired accomplished being sweet to the soul. Watching you and Clyde build mm -hmm. this relationship only after about three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. And now you have this spirit of brotherhood where we're both on the same track about yep. trying to take this African-American faith-based community and this Caucasian uh, faith-based community and let's blend them together so they'll see Oh, man, the penny that we're arguing about. And mm -hmm. somebody said this the other day. And, you know, 99% of the things that we get along with. So I said, let's use the dollar as the analogy. There it is. If you had a dollar and you lost one penny, it wouldn't be that deep. Mm. You, you say, well, sh I can still buy so I can find a penny. Mm -hmm. You know, you can make, or, or in other words, you can make up for the difference. Yeah. Because uh, you still have so much towards that dollar that you still have in your pocket. And we have to think about that as we do resourcing people. Uh, there's so much that we have in common, so much that we have alike, that, that we spend too much time on that penny, mm -hmm. that worthless penny, about our differences. Yeah. And, and so how do, we, yeah, how do we make up for that? It strikes me as uh, I hear you talking about this, that one of the things that we have to do is we have to commit intentionally to a certain direction. So in my case, for instance, one of the things that's been impressed on my uh, spirit uh, by the spirit is that 
we have an opportunity and a, a responsibility to reach out to other ethnicities, to include them, uh, to make sure that they are part and parcel of what we do. And this is very intentional uh, in, in terms of what we do at Cominius. We want to make sure that that happens. It's something that we are committed to. Uh, but you know what? Your commitment, wh- whatever your commitment might be, might be very different than my commitment. Our commitments don't have to be the same. They just have to be commitments to serve somebody else, get out of our own seat and out yeah. of our own way. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we, you know, we're starting to get near the close, uh, you know, you just struck a chord. Um, and, and I was asked this question a few weeks ago, and I, and I was mentioning how we as African Americans have to be so forgiving. And they said, forgiving? You know, for being oppressed, mm. forgiving, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I said, absolutely, mm. because if we're non-forgiving, then we will never get the the, the gratitude, the grace, or the acceptance that mm. we want. Uh, scripture, scripture. that's the, the redemption and forgiving is all Jesus was about. Mm-hmm. And so if we can't forgive for the wrong that has been placed upon, then how do we ever think that we can move forward? Yep. Um, and when you forgive, something about forgiveness, man, makes you clean, mm-hmm. makes you feel clean. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because when you walk around and you always got angst and, and hate on somebody, yeah. man, it's a feeling inside that's like dirty. It's, I mean, and it keeps you occupied from everything other than how we going to get along, yeah. how we going to make things happen. It's a weight we do not have to carry. Absolutely. We would think about that. I think that's really what we're at. And you're right, HB, it is about that time to land this plane. So I'm, I'm going to just uh, give a shout-out to a few folks. We want to thank, uh, once again, our sponsors uh, for those who are giving uh, to Comenius on a regular basis and to those who are considering what they might be giving as we're sending out our patron letter, letter uh, this month. If you're at all interested in checking us out in this regard, do uh, go to my website, warpandwoof.org, and you'll see there one of the first articles you'll see is something called Patron. Uh, click on that. You'll see where you can donate. You can see where uh, you can send your checks. You can donate online, uh, whatever the case might be for you, whatever's best. You can go to our website. You can pay through PayPal there. Uh, happy to take uh, and accept those donations as well. To uh, a nonprofit that I, I truly believe in, you know, we're making connections in community. We're helping people to understand their culture. And, of course, uh, we're really interested in our students as they leave church, go to public university, and how, then, are we going to help them think differently as a Christian uh, from a Christian vantage point about their academics? So, HB, thanks for uh, being with me here the last hour of the show. Oh, my brother, man. And, you know, always, 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 man, thank you for your brotherhood and your friendship you as we continue to show people, not tell people. Mm-hmm. Show people That's right. how we should get along. There and, it is. and I think if we did more of that, I even mentioned this in parenting. If you show your kids how to be a good example uh, of, of a good human being, they'll mm-hmm. act on that more than you talking and then you doing something different. So True. thank you again, my brother. You bet. All Absolutely. right, don't forget, stay tuned. Ten Point Coalition, we will have a rebroadcast, candid rebroadcast with Dr. Uh, Pastor James Jackson uh, on, on the stage with Reverend Harrison and Reverend Ellis. You do not want to miss this at the 12 o'clock hour. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Warp and Wolf Radio.
RadioNext.tv. The funny things that happen on the break, boy. Y'all, we need to get a, a little. Uh,